Let's go. Alrighty. <clears throat> and ready? Ready? Let's In go. Three, <clears throat> two. What? Welcome back to Simulated Podcast. We got a very, very special guest, Boris Cholera. And he is a real estate agent. He got his marketing degree for his bachelor's. And he is a fucking legend. And I'll tell you why. This guy knows the American dream is trash, right? <laughs> and the move is to go to Dubai, man. So tell me, what are the benefits of moving to Dubai? All right. Straight off the bat, right? <laughs> you know, straight off the bat. <laughs> All right. So... Uh, yeah, as you said, I have expanded my real estate business out to Dubai and there's very specific reasons for that. Uh, I like that the idea of the American dream, I don't personally think that it's dead, mm -hmm. but I think just like everything else that it evolves okay. because in reality, what is the American dream, right? The American dream is for individual prosperity, mm -hmm. upward social mobility for uh, social, uh, economic mobility for yourself and your family. Yeah. And to be able to do it with working hard and you know with very few barriers right so that's why today the american dream is not dead but also at the same time it's not restricted just to america it's an ah, ideology okay okay and so we live in a globalized world and the globalized world says okay go find what success looks like for for yourself mm -hmm. because back in the day when the concept of the american dream was initiated there was really only one place in the world where you could make that happen, and that was over here in America. Yep. We live in a globalized world. There's many more countries with freedom, many more countries that offer prosperity. Um, it's like that from that uh, uh, show, The Newsroom, with mm -hmm. Jeff Daniels, that famous scene where he's being asked... Um, What's The Newsroom? I've never heard of The Newsroom. Uh, it's basically a TV show. There's one famous, uh, famous scene where uh, this woman is asking uh, Jeff Daniels, uh, you know, what makes America number one? And oh, yeah. I think he's like, why is America number one? He's like, we're like the, the 50th in like education exactly, yeah. and all this stuff. There was like, no metric. America's trash at that point, right? Yeah. There was no metric where we were number one. Yeah. Maybe military. <laughs> military, exactly. So other countries in terms of health, in terms of medical, in terms of education, yeah. they have surpassed. So the globalized world says, you know, you know, live the American dream but you can do it really anywhere in terms of what success looks like for you. So for mm -hmm. me, the reason I go to Dubai is, uh, you know, for my future family, right? Safety is very important to me. As you know, it's awesome, place, yeah. places like LA, San Francisco, Chicago, Detroit, New York, safety has gone down the shitter, yep. right? So just like I think last night or two nights ago, Oxnard, there was a gunman in a movie. You hear mass shootings every single day. Mm -hmm. There was uh, two people murdered. They were on a lookout for Angeles Crest Highway, and they were murdered just by being on a scenic. Wrong on place, one, wrong times. Wrong place, wrong time. But that's not that's not fair. That's not fair. You're, you're, you can't do like normal stuff anymore. Mm -hmm. Homelessness has gone up. Uh, you know, back then in our when our parents and our grandparents uh, were coming out over here, you know, the uh, level of income would let you buy a house. You know, yeah. you could work a regular job, be able to buy a house, give your family. And not even home. dual income. You could be single income. Single income. Exactly. Yeah. So now we're dual income. And, you know, th the variance between cost of living in terms of property prices or rents, if you're renting, 
has gone up so much and education colleges have gotten so expensive if you see some of the tuition numbers from like the 60s and 70s it's <laughs> laughable <laughs> yeah. like dollars hundred dollars max. yeah, yeah like hundred dollars a semester for like ucla something like that it's crazy um crazy. and now you're in six figures like you know everybody's in hundreds of thousands of yeah. student debt and that's why they're like hoping that yeah the government you know cancels the debt yeah it's crazy they can they cancel those uh P, was it the ppp ppp loans how many mm-hmm. p's is it 3P loans. 3P loans. <laughs> they can cancel the PPP loan, but they can't cancel student debt, which is, you know, it's, it's unfair. Because, like, if you're in student debt, in my opinion, right, and that's gone, that money that you would have paid towards back to the loan, you would just spend that, let's say, $600,000 a month to the economy, mm-hmm. the basic GDP. That's what it is. No one sees that. What's what's going on? There's a whole, like, <laughs> there's a whole different podcast for, like, <laughs> misuse <No>. funds. <laughs> Which it happens a lot. Like we're not gonna talk about it because I feel like I'll be canceling a heartbeat. But yeah, exactly. Yeah, losing two trillion dollars somehow. Oh yeah. No. Um, oh yeah. Account accounting losses. You know, billions of dollars went over here. We oops, we missed. Got that got misplaced. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna ask you. Okay, this uh, this is talk about it. What what you said in the middle of that? Uh, homelessness. How would you personally solve the homelessness crisis? That's a very interesting question. Um, I'll tell you what other countries do. They, yeah. I'll tell you what Dubai does. Since you're asking about Dubai, let's do Dubai. Uh, for their citizens, they, uh, for their re- people that come on visa, uh, even if they've earned their visa, because there is a way to earn your visa through buying property and other ways. Um, if you're unable to provide for yourself and you're going the route of homelessness, they just don't let you stay in the country. Mm-hmm. Um, and on top of that, citizens they basically receive a home oh wow and you know they did the same thing in libya actually so libya they would give homes to you know even new newlyweds right if they couldn't afford their own home they would give them a home uh egypt if you drive from the main city of cairo and you go out to the pyramids there's a bunch of older buildings and those older buildings have homeless or unhoused in them Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's not the nicest thing, but they have a roof over their head. Mm. So that's, that's one way that they keep them clean. Um, so over here, uh, there is a lot of mental health issues that don't get addressed. Yeah. Um, yep, yep. And there's a lot of shelters that don't, they don't get the funding that they need. Um, so then they basically get people that are, end up on the streets. Yep. So all the psychologists and psychiatrists out there, we respect what you do. You know, shout out to Prince, especially. Exactly. And his wife. Yeah. Um, keep doing what you're doing because... Solving mental health overall is a very, very tough journey as mm-hmm. a society, but just keep at it for all yeah. the psychologists and psychiatrists out there. Um, but lots of benefits to Dubai sounds like. Yeah. So it is the is it called the Dubai dream now? The Dubai dream, <laughs> yeah. I think it's the world, the, the global dream, the world dream, right? Yeah. So, you know, over there, they, you know, you can still raise your family. Your kids are still your kids. I'm trying to like, mm. I don't want to say too much to get, you know, this podcast canceled, but... <laughs> Put me on Spotify, Joe Rogan. <laughs> exactly. But, you know, there's a lot of stuff over here where, you know, your, you know, the way your kids are raised, you may not be able to instill your own ideologies in them from your family's past, your culture's past, your religion's past. Um, and over there you are. Now, mm-hmm. I know, you know, Dubai is a primarily a Muslim country, but over there you can be of any religion. I went to a beautiful Hindu temple when I was over there. No kidding. There's a, actually that temple is probably the best Hindu temple that I've ever been in. Wow. That's, that's saying a lot. Yeah. Yeah. And you have churches and everything. You can practice whatever religion. Now, there's a concept of freedom, right? Mm. So 
you know, a lot of times in the Western society, you know, I've, and I've had, I'm only saying this because people have said this to me. Um, and people have said this to res people in, that I know in Dubai that they've mentioned it. One of them mentioned it on my podcast is that there's this ideology of freedom that I feel like has gotten like misconstrued where somebody made an argument to a colleague of mine in Dubai that says, oh, we have freedom over here in the Western society. You know, if I want to walk into the mall wearing like a thong, I can do that. Right. So is that really freedom? I, I, I think uh, I wouldn't want to show my kids that, you know, at the age of exactly. So a certain age, yeah. they have a they have a good ideology in terms of common sense towards, you know, that kind of indecent behavior in a public setting yeah. is not allowed and it's and it's very frowned upon. Um, and same thing with, you know, PDA, right? Mm -hmm. That way you're also, you know, taking into account the people that are around you. Yeah, right? yeah. I remember this. Uh, we went to Faith Baptist together in elementary school. I remember they, one of the teachers taught me this thing and it stuck to me. And it was about freedom and about cursing. You know, it's like, why can't I say the F word around Cursing, people, exactly, right? Yeah. Your freedom is freedom so long as it's not disturbing someone else's freedom. I think that's what, uh, I think it was a jabbering, sorry, said this to me. Exactly. Right. So if I say the F word, right, in front of a little kid, I just probably ruin that kid's, you know, discipline, structure, everything. Just because like, oh, this cool guy said F word. I can say the F word all I want, mom. Exactly. So, Especially to kids because kids are very impressionable. Yes. Brains are growing at that time. And to to no fault of that own that child, you know, they're going to pick up on what they hear, what yeah. they see. Right. Yeah. I know it naturally happened in like middle school, high school anyway. So let's just, you know, let it happen as it happens. As it right? happens. Yeah. We all go through those stages. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But so freedom is true freedom up until it deserves someone else's freedom. Right. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I feel like over here, we've gotten past that where people are so individualized on their own freedom that they're overlooking somebody else's freedom somebody else's comfort level right mm -hmm. so there's a level of common sense over there like no you know be decent now you don't like for especially speaking for women because a lot of times i hear when i bring up dubai oh women are oppressed they're not they can do anything they can work they can own a business they can you know they don't have to wear a hijab mm -hmm. you know um you know everybody thinks that women have to be fully covered up just do me a favor <clears throat> go on instagram and search the like tag <laughs> dubai and see how many women are out there yeah. not wearing a job it's like a las vegas vibes out there exactly it's yeah. like a miami vibe in miami actually yeah so uh but you know in the public places like malls restaurants everybody's decent nobody's cussing i'll tell you this much you know you don't see somebody yelling on the streets i was just in uh westwood the other day at, at target and i walked out and there's some guy yelling with a metal stick Oh, if I got, if I wanted to snipe all you guys, you know, you wouldn't be able to stop me. I'm so good. This and that. And Man, I hope he's talking about Call of Duty, bro. <laughs> like, but he's not. And so like, but the thing is, that's one example. Like, How many times you go in main city LA, whether mm -hmm. it's like the West side or mid city or like, especially downtown LA. And you see these people that are like yelling random things or screaming on the road. Mm -hmm. That goes back to the mental health thing. But in, you know, in other countries, you just like like Dubai or Dubai is not a country, UAE, but Dubai, the city, the Emirate. Uh, you don't see that, mm -hmm. right? Uh, another thing why I like it is that I am not against paying taxes. Mm -hmm. Like, obviously, as a business owner, I, I try to, <laughs> I try to, you know, I do the thing. I do what every 
decent business owner does is that you use the legal routes to have write-offs and you minimize your taxable bill. But at the end of the day, I still pay a certain amount and I'm not against it if I can see the benefit, right? The roads are clean. The, we have the top medical system in the world. We have, you know, the best educational, you know, best emergency services. You know, if I see all of that, it doesn't hurt as much yep. because that you can tell that your taxes that you're paying are going to quality of life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But here in California, where we pay the highest taxes out of the whole union, uh, what we, we have the crappiest roads. We have not the be- We have the most medical, like expensive medical system. Your medical system is still a whole separate fee. Mm-hmm. And then you know, if you want to go to like a specialized thing, that's a whole other cost, other than the monthly that you're paying for your you know health insurance. And uh, education system is we're not ranked top in the world at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, then universities, you know, you want people argue, oh, universities. But how many hundreds of thousands of dollars are those? How much does it cost to go to a good university yeah. like UCLA or UCLA or Pepperdine? Pepperdine. Yo, that's going to be a clip, dog. Blooper reel. No, it's going to be an intro. Pepperdine. No, but just no. You went to Pepperdine. Yeah, I went to Pepperdine. Um, I get what you're saying, right? Because like, there's a huge barrier to entry, yeah. right? Where either you're legacy, you have a lot of money, you go, you want to go to USC, Stanford, the Ivy Leagues, Harvard, etc. It's a huge barrier to entry, right? Not just for domestic people, but also for international people, mm-hmm. and it's an, it's insane, right? Uh, question to you for Dubai: How's is the healthcare free? Is the education system free? It's not free, but it's much better. Okay, and so let's talk one by one. So education in Dubai, uh, from like. From your birth to high school to college, how, how's that? Have you looked it up? I've uh, I have not done enough what I should do, but I do know that uh, it is definitely one of the world's top mm-hmm. education systems. Great uh, healthcare system is one of the world's tops healthcare system. It's ranked. You can look it up. Yeah. Uh, if you look at the roads, I was there. Cleanest roads, not a single pothole. Everything is super neat and clean. And I'll tell you this much: just the vibe if you will because that's a word that gets thrown around these days Mm -hmm. the vibe of it is like a human life because you could go out at 9 10 p.m on a wednesday and there are people in the streets and it's not like sketchy people these are families with their kids you know they're going around they're going to restaurants they're eating dinner they're you know just walking around the park and because there is so much safety and security there, people are not afraid to go out with their families yeah. out at night and just have a good time. I was there on multiple parts of the city and it's all, it's extremely safe, extremely clean. And, you know, just the level of people, I will also say the level of people over there because Dubai is mainly expats. And what's an expat for the audience? Expat is basically somebody that lived, you know, like I, if I am, a citizen of the U.S. Mm-hmm. and I decide to move to Dubai, which I have and I will. Mm-hmm. Um, miss you. I will be an expat uh, in Dubai. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and they have people from almost two hundred nationalities over there. Uh, that's English, almost every country, bro. <laughs> yeah, that's almost every country. Uh, you have English is a main language over there, and Hindi is another language. I heard Hindi is in very popular over there. I was speaking to everybody in Hindi, and even my dad asked me, like, why are you speaking to everybody in Hindi? And I'm like, everybody's responded mm-hmm. so far, so I'm just rolling Dubai with it. Dubai Hindi bolte, bhai. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> even I was asking for directions, and they would just respond back. I ordered food in Hindi. I asked for directions in Hindi. Yeah, I, yeah. So 
and everybody speaks it's even the uh the arab people you could get away if you don't you don't need to know arabic to be in dubai mm-hmm. you can if you speak english you speak hindi uh tagalog there's so many filipinos over there no way yeah okay i'll tell all my filipino friends exactly <laughs> there's so many filipinos over there um oh and what i was trying to get to in terms of the whole cleansiness no homelessness the <clears throat> tax is zero ah there's no <laughs> personal income tax. They've just started a 9% corporate tax. If your corporation makes over uh, about 370,000 dirhams, which is their currency, uh, which is about $100,000 a year, then there's a 9% corporate tax. But it just still sounds like Dubai is a gold mine right now. Right? Exactly. Like if you want to make money, and like you said, it's now not the American dream. It's the, the global, Dubai, dream. It's the the global, global dream. dream in Dubai. Because there's other countries like Singapore is another beautiful place, mm-hmm. right? That offers its own level of success depending on what you're trying to do. India is a, such a growing economy that Goldman, Goldman Sachs has said India's economy could surpass the U.S. by 2075. Yeah, I saw that report. It's insane. Exactly. So we live in a globalized world where every country really almost every country I can't say every country but almost every country has some level of freedom. Gotcha. Uh, and you know, even passport-wise, uh, yeah, Singapore... Which country? Is just Singapore became number one, I think? Singapore is number one. Uh, and I believe Japan yes. was number two. Yep, 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 yep. Surpassed the Euro- the, Euro- uh, was it the the British one, the US one, everything. Yeah. And, and I think Europe, if I'm not mistaken, uh, now requires you to apply for a visa if you're a US citizen. Before, if you're a yeah, US they're citizen... Yeah, imp- implement that 2024, I think January. Yeah. So before, if you're a U.S. citizen, hey, uh, let's hey, let's pack our bags, let's go to. Yeah. Remember Harold and Kumar go to Guantanamo Bay? <laughs> they were just like, let's go to Amsterdam, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's how it was. If you're a U.S. citizen, come on through. Yep. yep. Now, no, you need to apply for. That's a visa. crazy. There's gonna be like economic shift from like the U.S. dollar going flooding into Europe's government's pockets. Right? Another thing. So you have the one economic superpower, India, and what I've been now talking about, Dubai, is the UAE, United Arab Emirates. Uh, and India have now settled on the deal that their international trade will be settled in the Indian rupee versus the U.S. dollar. That's good for the rupees. That's very good for the rupees. Yeah, it's one to eighty right now, and I hope to see it level off. Exactly, because when we were growing up, the, for the longest time, it was one to fifty, and then yeah. it's just been going yeah. up since. Um, so you're saying, in a nutshell, Dubai provides safety. It has it's a tax haven. Crime is crime almost is zero. zero. Almost yeah. zero. Tax haven, crime is zero. Healthcare is great. Education is great. Mm-hmm. So it's the true dream to actually, if you want to make business, that's where to go. Sounds exactly. Like. And They're, have a great family. Exactly. And for the things, Dubai's economy is not based off of oil. It's based on of tourism and foreign investment. Mm-hmm. And they've opened the gates so much. Like right now, I can go buy a property for 2 million dirhams, which translates to about, about 550,000 US, which still today, people say Dubai is expensive. 550,000 US could get you a very nice, newly built two bedroom condo. Okay. And so, if anyone wants to move to Dubai, this is the time. 550,000 the condo. They're seeing, about, they're seeing about 20 to 30% appreciation year over year. Okay. And now, but, go ahead. Question to you. So, if you were to move to Dubai, which it sounds like you are, what would be your now uh, role there? What would, what would be your job or career? Real estate. Real estate? They have agents over there, same as over here. So you would be a real estate agent in Dubai? Yeah, real estate broker, yeah. Okay. What about, because I, I, last time we were talking, uh, you said you want to do perhaps multinational real estate. Is that still a goal? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the way real estate works is, and that's how I'm able to do business in Dubai right now, is that, you know, with agents, we work together. 
you know, yeah. in terms of I have connections in Dubai. Somebody wants to buy a property in Dubai today. Like you say, hey, if you come to me, hey, Paris, I want to buy a property in Dubai. I already have partners over there that mm-hmm. know the area, know the little streets here and there that could guide you the right way. Cool. No, especially what is very big over there is off plan, which is uh, buying directly from the developer. Mm-hmm. So they know the good developers, the not so good developers, the good areas, the better areas to invest in, the not so good areas to invest in. Because uh, short term rentals are very big. Airbnb is huge over there, right? Uh, you're seeing it returns, you know, close to 10% on just Airbnb, uh, which is significantly higher than what you're seeing over here. Especially when then you consider in no property tax, no income tax, all that good stuff. Um, and you can do the same thing in any other country, right? I've sent buyers to uh, Brazil. You've actually, you've actually done this. Yeah, I've sent buyers to Brazil. Oh, wow. uh, I've sent uh, buyers to Portugal. I've sent buyers. I just yesterday had a Zoom call that we're sending a buyer, somebody that wants to leave the U.S. and go to Australia. I just had a Zoom call setting her up yesterday. Um, and that's another thing, is that we are seeing a shift of people leaving the country. We're seeing a shift of people leaving the state for sure, yeah. right? My parents left Cal- 30 years in California. They left for Nevada to yeah. Vegas, right? Um, we're friends seeing- moved to Miami, to Texas. Yeah. yeah, I got friends moving to North Carolina. I got friends moving to Florida. Oh. Uh, so leaving the state for sure, that now is happening. you're seeing a shift of the U.S. population leaving the country. Now I'm seeing the country. We're seeing a lot to Spain, Portugal. Portugal had a <clears throat> EU visa thing where you yeah, bought a yeah. property, you could get it. That, that's ended so now. Portugal is actually a crypto haven. Did you know this? I didn't know about that. Yeah, no. yeah. So crypto, it's a crypto haven where there's, I think, no taxes on any crypto cashed out, basically. Okay. So it's like, I think, zero and you're zero. Or you can convert it to an LLC and, and you know do your taxes that way. Mm-hmm. But it's a crypto haven, in Portugal. There you go. So I'm, that's maybe why. That's that could be why. And there's it's a, a surf town too for the surfers out there. <laughs> Portugal is a great surf town for. And uh, Spain, uh, I've seen a lot of movement towards Spain. I'm mm-hmm. currently talking to somebody that has a bunch of investment properties around Southern California. You know, here. Spain is a top five countries to party in. Like, yeah, that's well, it. Ibiza, Ibiza, Ibiza. And then there's Mallorca if you want to relax a little yeah. bit. Yeah. So. Uh, I am seeing a lot of movement to Spain. I am seeing movement to Australia. That's not my first client. Australia? That I'm, yeah. Why Australia? They say why? That's, uh, well, her, her case, her husband's from Australia. He's an uh, Australian okay, okay. citizen. But, you know, there is, people are loving what, you know, Sydney or Melbourne has to offer. And, mm-hmm. um, and just seeing what's happening in the States right now, a lot of people are making their moves. Be like, okay, this doesn't fit our lifestyle. This doesn't fit what we're trying to achieve. We want to go over there that does, mm-hmm. hence the globalized dream, right? Not necessarily the American, like per se, the American dream, but the American dream, like I said, is not restricted to America anymore. You should trademark this uh, this phrase before. So, yeah, exactly. It, like, <laughs> reserve it, whatever you got to do. It's, yeah. This is the first time I'm hearing about it. So, exactly. The, like, I mean, you and I have dream. friends that do business all over the world. Yep. So, you know, they have office here, they have office there, everywhere. So, yep. and that's the, in this day and age, I think it's like almost mandatory to take advantage of the fact that we have a global playing field. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. I love that. Um, so let's talk about more of a real estate journey because I'm sure there's a lot of people who are in the real estate game. I had sure. a previous uh, person on the podcast, Sheetal Urshina. You know, you yeah, know, yeah, we yeah. love her. We, we love, love her, her. death. Um, I asked her this question. I want to know. I want to know your answer. Actually, okay. What is the, so? Paris is a real estate agent right uh, currently, and it looks like that's going to be his like uh, future passion, but. On the history side, what's the craziest house you've ever seen or sold? 
So the craziest house I've seen, there's actually a few different ones. Uh, cause there's some crazy stuff that each one offers. Yeah. Uh, I've been in a hundred million dollar home. And so, and what's funny is that home was sold for exactly 100 million. Nice. And I have an Instagram picture where I'm on the bathroom carpet in the Fonz pose. And it's, <laughs> and you can go look up that property. It's in yeah. Malibu. It's on Pacific coast highway. Yeah. And you see the picture, the bathroom picture and you see the carpet and like the background and then mm-hmm. you can go on my Instagram and there's me on the carpet, just okay. like in the Fonz pose. I think uh, I remember this one. Oh, shout out your Instagram real quick. What's your Instagram? At Realtor Paris. Yeah, yeah. If you're looking for properties, this this your boy. Right. I don't want to take away from Sheetal. She's the master of the valley. If you want to go over <laughs> to the west side, main city, I'm your boy. Yeah, yeah dude, she's legend. She's a legend. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, so what was the highest sale that you did then? The highest sale I've done is just around $3 million. <laughs> But I'm working on a couple... I'm working on a couple deals right now that will definitely surpass. Yeah, that. if you know, if you know, if you know, three million on on, on the the agent side, how much they're making? That's that's good shit, bro. Good shit. Okay, that was difficult. <laughs> yeah, so just around, just shy of three million. Um, I've done a couple properties that range, uh, but I'm working on a couple things that will definitely surpass that. Okay, um, so talking about real estate, how do you see the market trends? Um, especially today, I think the Fed just released some notes that they're gonna keep raising interest rates yeah so that's interesting they just raised it another quarter of a percent yep. which we were expecting so uh so how's a market trend right now and for the real estate so market? right now we're so dependent on you know the mortgage rates have definitely defined the shift mm-hmm. uh that's happened because as you know two years ago we were trading in interest rates two and a half high twos i've even seen some you know, 1.9. There's some banks, if you have a really good history with them in terms of deposit, they'll lose money in the race. So I've seen 1.9 as low as 1.9 a couple still years 30 ago. 30 or 15? That's 30. Yeah. Like I said, they, these guys, <laughs> uh, my clients have a very good, you know, depository relationship with yeah, that yeah, bank. Yeah. So when you have certain banks, if you have that level of relationship with them, they'll like lose money on the loan just to keep you. So yeah, 30 year, 1.9. I saw that loan. That's nuts. And so... Uh, that time is come and gone. So here's the here's where the market has come to basically a standoff. Uh, and I get it from the seller side, right? Like, let's say, you know, you bought your house. Let's say you're sitting at two and a half percent interest, right? And even let's say you've had that house for 10 years, but you refied a couple years ago mm-hmm. for obvious reasons. Uh, now you weren't thinking, hey, I've been in this house for 10 years or I need a downsize or, hey, I've had a couple kids. We need to grow the home. Um let's buy a new place but it's like wait wait wait, hold the brakes we're paying two and a half percent if i go buy a house right now i'm gonna pay six seven percent mm-hmm. and that makes a huge difference on the more on the monthly mortgage payment mm-hmm. even if you're downsizing you could essentially downsize your home and then still pay the same if not more on the monthly payment because of the interest rate yeah so that's what has sellers not wanting to go to market or what we've seen at the brokerage level before our business was about five percent leases, lease mm-hmm. listings versus sale listings. <clears throat> now we're forty to fifty percent. Whoa, it's a huge jump from yeah, ten x. Uh, for lease uh for lease listings because and and that's something and I get it. That's what I would do as a homeowner is saying, why would I give up this two and a half interest rate that I have? Mm-hmm. Let me rent out the property. It'll actually cash flow because rents also went up mm-hmm. because you have a lot of buyers that had buyer fatigue, like saying, screw this. I've uh, you know when the 
you know, people were putting in offers and things were going crazy over asking. And even in today's market with today's interest rates on the, what I would call the LA mainstream market, which is your 800,000 to like 1.2, 1.3 million, uh, there's still multiple offers happening today. Not mm -hmm. to the extent of what it was two years ago, but you still do see competition. Now your higher end market, your two and a half, three million plus has definitely slowed down. Uh, but there's still competition. So you have buyer fatigue that's saying, screw this. I'm just going to rent for a bit until things either a interest rates calm down or like just the market calms down in general. So now you have a lot of people going to the rental market. So rents went up. So people, the sellers are like, Hey, rents are up. My interest rate is low. So my mortgage payment is low. I'm just going to rent this house out mm -hmm. and then go buy my next property that fits my need, whether it's an upsize or a downsize. And that's what's been happening. Wouldn't a smart investor who has extra cash want to still buy his second property because he knows in the future he can refinance? I think, yes, absolutely. The There is an opportunity in the luxury market. Mm -hmm. As I said, it's slowed down. I personally have a $3 million listing. It was a $3.2 million listing when we came to market, mm -hmm. which in any day of the week, if this property went on the market last year, 3.2, we would have gotten that by now. Mm -hmm. The fact that the luxury market has slowed down, we reduced to 3 million and now we've just reduced it to 2925. Okay. Mm. Properties immaculate, Hollywood Hills, like, but yeah. the luxury market slowed down. Um, so there is an opportunity in the luxury market. There is also an opportunity in the commercial sector. Okay. Retail offices. Those have, those are, that's really the what thing that's taken the hit is commercial properties because the pandemic ha caused a mental shift into, you know, work from home, yep. wanted to stay at home, eat at home. The home became, had to become everything. It became, obviously it stayed as the home. It became the office. It became the gym. It became the kid's school. Like, you know, the home had literally has to become everything. Yeah. And so we, as we are now exiting the, I've exited the pandemic essentially, you still have that mentality of, you know, wanting to stay more at home, wanting to work from home. People don't want to go back and sitting in traffic, especially in LA. So retail spaces are definitely suffering. Commercial properties are definitely suffering. Uh, do I think that's forever? No, absolutely not. Everything's a cycle, whether it's up, whether it's down. Even the same thing with Dubai, that's seeing 30% appreciation year over year. I'm going to be the first one to say, that's not a sustainable market. Mm -hmm. It's going to see its cycle, right? So I... I Honest, so I have this honest opinion just because I've been just, I always look and pay attention to things. I see a lot of things happening on September 1st. Yeah. I don't know what it is, a lot but of like small things, like if you go to Woodland Hills right now, there's a new Hermes store opening up, mm -hmm. but it's in September, 2023. If you go to any retail shop, everything is opening September, 2023. And a lot of corporations are demanding workers to go back in mm -hmm. person, September, 2023. I think it was, uh, one of the top four companies and finance companies, mm -hmm. workers got to come back. Everyone's got to come back. All these top, uh, Fortune 500s. So I think there's a, they're trying to adjust this commercial uh, real estate in, in a positive favor to help it grow. Yeah, that's what there's opportunity to buy. If you're a commercial investor, there's <clears throat> opportunity for you right now. Yeah, September 1st, man, 2023, I'm telling you. And that's because, you know, depending on the industry, but, you know, that's when really September is when... September or October is when holiday buying starts. Yep. You have your holiday season. So that's when they need to be like basically pedaled to the metal. And kids go back to school. You have that season. Exactly. Yep. So, so that's when that's what that's their busy period. So that's yeah. when they really got to be pedaled to the metal. I've been in the retail industry. I sold cars. Holiday season was our on time. That's when we had to be like, we were working like 12, 13 hour days, like, and we were just like moving. 
Do you ever see the, the real estate market <clears throat> dropping below, let's say, 5% or so? In the, for you're talking interest rates? Interest rates, yeah. Uh, do you see interest rates I do see interest. Back? I do see us settling uh, in the future. Uh, I, obviously, I don't have the crystal ball, but I do see us settling somewhere maybe as low as high fours to you know low to mid fives. Mm-hmm. I do see that. Uh, I do see us getting into a minor recession. Mm-hmm. And every time, if you look at it, any any recession in history, interest rates go down in a recession. And this is a you know encouraged buying. It's yeah. purposely induced. Yep, yep, yep. This just needs to be controlled, right? Um, so I I talked to a friend the other day, and they have a property at five percent interest. Mm-hmm. What is your advice to them? What do they want to do in terms of just make more cash flows or just have more money in their bank? What would they do? It, it, it's their situation, right? Mm-hmm. There's no, there's no one solution for everything, right? Okay. So if somebody has a house of five percent, if they're living in it, that's their home, then that's their home, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if they're thinking to move, you know, if they have the capital to be able to buy another property, mm-hmm. and this one will cover most of the mortgage, if not all the mortgage, then definitely, yeah, add to your portfolio because real estate, especially, are they in LA? Yeah. Okay. LA is a, uh, an appreciation game. So that's another thing with real estate investment. There's areas you got to look at either whether you're doing an appreciation play long term or a month to month cash flow play. And LA cities like LA, Vegas, uh, they're appreciation place. There's other cities mm-hmm. out there that are more month to month, like uh, Cleveland, Ohio is more of a month to month income okay. uh, play. But you can't expect you know high levels of appreciation five years down the line, ten years down the line. LA is an appreciation place. So if you can, if they can, if they are looking to move and they can comfortably without putting themselves in like a tough situation, get another property while putting this on rent and let's call it break even on the mortgage of the rent, I would definitely do that. Mm-hmm. But if they need the money to buy the next house that meets their needs and obviously then sell to buy. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really depends on what suits them best. Okay. Um, and then you were talking about a little bit about your past and history. I just want to give a quick update for everyone that's listening. Uh, Bars is one of the most, I guess, sharp, just killer mentality that he's ever had. He's never been afraid to try new things. So, um, and you can give a background about this, but what is your advice to people who just want to, you know, leave their career or hop to a different career, just shift gears a little bit? What is your advice to those people? (laughs) (laughs) I would not advise... For someone to do what I did, <laughs> because it okay. takes a lot on you, um, and there's definitely been some dark days that I saw because of it. But you know, what's it, a quick background? Let's talk about that. So basically, what I did was uh, I burned my boats, and uh, I just quit everything. I didn't have the you know when they say you go into reserve or you go into business, you know the one I chose was real estate, but you go into any business, right? You don't know when your next paycheck's coming, mm-hmm. right? So I burned my boats. And I didn't have the reserves that I should have had or, you know, should have like, you know, saved up to before doing it. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just went for it. Right. And there were times where, you know, I didn't know like, hey, when's my next paycheck coming in? When is, you know, how am I going to do this? How am I going to afford this? Uh, You know, I would start thinking like, should should I have that Starbucks coffee? Mm -hmm. Like two, three dollar coffee. I'm like thinking about it. Mm. So it takes a lot of it. But at the same time, that's the kind of mentality that builds you. Right. Uh, we talk a little bit about stoicism, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, um, 
that was stoicism is something I learned along that process because before I would wear my emotions on my face and anybody can tell that I'm suffering and I'm going mm-hmm. through some stuff and, you know, I'd, I'd be that mopey kid in the back. But now, you know, through that, I think everybody just in general respects someone that is stoic. Yep. And whether you're, you know, with somebody, you're doing a business deal with somebody across from you, you have to realize that they don't care what's going on in your life exactly right you know whether your girl just broke up with you whether something's going on you know you don't know if you're going to be able to make rent this month you know to them they doesn't matter they're sitting you in front of your business whatever you're offering whatever product or service you're offering them that's what they're paying attention to that's where you got to maintain the stoicism um and you have to go at it in a way where you're providing you're giving your best sales pitch but also that you're not desperate right Mm. because as soon as you sound desperate you're done um and the same thing, you know, and same thing will get a little bit of, into a woman. If you're desperate, like you're desperately trying to go after a woman and run after a woman, the more you chase after, the more she's going to run away. Yeah. Right. So I had this analogy. It's like if you're holding sand in your hand, the more you squeeze it, the more the it's going to fall out. out. But if you have like this little control balance over it, the sand will remain. Exactly. So when you go through these tough times, they teach you. And it, that's where I feel like we need to embrace on the mental health is that accepting that you will go through bad times Mm -hmm. if you try to do anything if you try to progress in any way shape or form whether it's through business or physical or emotional like relationship you will go through bad stuff Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that i feel like we can adjust with over here is that we are so like we were the most overly medicated countries in the world where if you feel any sort of discomfort here's a pill and with comes with 20 different side effects. Yeah. And so being able to accept like, Hey, I'm going to, and I went to therapy, uh, when I was initially going through this stuff and luckily, you know, our, my therapist didn't, uh, you know, therapists can't prescribe pills. Psychologists can, but you know, she even said like, she was she was calling me out on my stuff like hey you give up too early mm-hmm. right you know i'm noticing a pattern of you give up too early as soon as the going gets tough you just you mm. fuck off so that you know her telling me that kind of woke me up a little bit and it was funny cuz i you know i'm religious i believe in god and when i went into real estate uh and i joined this team which i'm still with today uh I feel like God was listening because I said when I I told God, I said, okay, whatever happens, good or bad, I'm not giving up. Like, Mm -hmm. this is what I'm going to do. And homeboy heard me. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) He heard me because I walk in and like within a month of me joining this team, we have the team lead who runs like 50 other businesses. Mm -hmm. Now he's a good friend that I talk to him on the daily. But before I was just joining team, I know he was. And, uh, so he's never around because he's got like 50 other businesses that he's dealing with. And then I got the one person that was supposed to be like our, what we call in real estate, the rainmaker and supposed to be giving us deals and like giving us like practice and like mm-hmm. showing us the ropes. He was between here and another state where he had his other business and we never saw him either. And, mm-hmm. uh, then we had somebody else who's be a director of sales who she, uh, kind of really didn't know what she was doing. And if she hears this, sorry, that's my honest opinion. And so... Hey, uh, tough love. It's all good. Exactly. And then we had somebody who was supposed to be our marketing director who, um, you know, uh, went to prison. So... 
<laughs> and there's me right. sitting there right. a month in real estate like all right what do i do now <laughs> so that's what that was my test mm-hmm. and that's i think what uh mentality wise stoicism wise is anytime you go towards something and you're trying to achieve something and you're hit with roadblocks to not complain about the roadblocks but to view them as a test whether you believe mm-hmm. in god or you want to call it the universe or whatever there is something out there is testing you to see how much you really want it and if you deserve it because everybody wants the big stuff right mm-hmm. everybody wants you know like we you know andrew tate calls himself the top g or everybody calls him the top g you know everybody wants that lifestyle to have 30 lambos in the driveway mm-hmm. and driving all around the world and but you know there's barriers that come in the way mm-hmm. and only certain people will go through those barriers and come out on top that's why there's called the one percent Mm-hmm. And if you really look at like when I was seeing the 1% and I was seeing like 1% in real estate, right? Top 1%. I mean, you'd hear it's like, oh my God, this doing a crazy, this person is doing crazy business. This, I don't know how I'm going to get to this level. And then once I started looking at the numbers and how many transactions they're doing, I'm like, yo, 1% is not that far off. To be like 0.01%, I would imagine. Yeah. So like, you know, 1%, top 1% is not as far off as you think. What's the number? What's the number? Yeah. What's top 1% real estate? Top one percent in real estate. I think if you're doing, if you're doing like 20, 30, 20 to twenty five million a year in sales, mm-hmm. you're probably top percent, top one okay. percent. Which on West Side That's LA, like two houses a month, more or less. Yeah, could be. If you sell two houses a month, and in West Side LA, where you know properties are two three million dollars, like all day long, it's not that. Mm. It's not so like you gotta, you gotta break the biggest the next, hill to you gotta climb. Break the next tenth, yeah. Like 10 space, I get that point one percent exactly. Yeah, okay. What's funny is that we actually had, um, obviously real estate slowed down this year, and our team was actually called top one and a half percent in the nation, right? Okay, and I'm looking at us and I'm like, none of us have an escrow right now, <laughs> but we were still yeah. by numbers. It's, it's top like 1.5 percent, like, it's, it's like a pat on the back, but like, do like we're just you know you know what in your hands, you know, it's exactly. Just, so, so, and I, and I don't want to undermine the people that are top 1% and our top half a percent, whatever they are. You talk about the hustlers. Like if they want to hustle, they got to hustle 10 times harder than they actually think. <laughs> exactly. And I do believe that there are a lot of industries are impacted right now. So again, I don't want to undermine how much work that it gets to uh, be done because one thing I want to get out there is that the process is simple, but not easy. Mm-hmm. So, when I say it's simple, I mean, you do X, Y, and Z and you get there, but obviously X, Y, and Z are not easy, right? Mm-hmm. You know, getting to 20, $25 million a year in real estate is not easy, but it's simple. There's certain processes that you do that get you there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you just have to be disciplined enough because that's another thing is that uh, motivation is very temporary. You know, we're all looking to get motivated, but what's motivation? Motivation, you listen to a motivational uh, video on YouTube and I, you know, listen to a bunch of those. Um, and it sets, it gets you going for five, 10 minutes, maybe half a day. And then as soon as like you get a little bit tired or you like something else comes in mind, you know, we get distracted with social media, you know, you start veering off and that's when Follow discipline related podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of social media, uh, <laughs> um, but that's when discipline comes into play. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's why, uh, I think I like the gym because it keeps my mind disciplined more so than my mm-hmm. body, right? Obviously, I want to be in good shape. I want to be strong. I want to have a longevity in my life, uh, physically speaking. Uh, but it keeps my mind disciplined because I probably don't want to go to the gym 
six or seven out of 10 times, mm-hmm. but it's so embedded in my routine that I know I have to go, mm-hmm. especially leg day. I hate leg day. Mm-hmm. I never want to work on my a little bit more actually now. No, I want to just work out chest and back every single day. I mm-hmm. want to do every day should be arm day. <laughs> and so, but you know, um, also I got a bench now. So if you want to work out, there you go. Yeah. Let's do that after this. <laughs> and so it's, it's the discipline and the same thing comes into your work, your business, right? You know, for me speaking, I don't want to make cold calls. I don't want to call, like just sit there on two hours on the phone, but I will. I don't want to door knock. I was door knocking today in Woodland Hills it was a hundred degrees outside. I have every excuse in the book to not do it. But the what my why is, what I'm trying to achieve means more than standing in a hundred degree weather. Mm-hmm. It's motivations really comes from you talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. And it has to kick in the discipline. I agree. It has to kick in the discipline. Yeah. Um, and, it, and it looks like you're, you're hustling with the real estate right now. What would be your advice to someone getting into real estate, given your journey? Given my journey, it is prepare yourself mentally. I Mm -hmm. think if anything else, it is a mental battle within yourself. Uh, Because especially if you're going to just go for being an agent, right? If you're going to get your license and be somebody's assistant, then obviously then that's a salary you can count on. Or if you're looking to be like a director of operations in real estate, that's a salary you can count on. Um, If you're looking to be an investor, um, then obviously you probably have some funds to put on a property or flipper. There's all different like um, regions within real estate, but speaking as just an agent, especially in LA where like half the population has their real estate license. Um, and it's a very impacted field. There was actually, uh, we saw some statistics at a seminar I went to and last year, 50% of the homes sold in Southern California includes LA, Orange County, San Diego. Um, half the houses sold were sold by somebody that just sold one house that year. Oh, so that means that somebody has their license. Actually, it was more than half actually, but just had one, one to two houses a year. So that tells me that that half the business is going to somebody that doesn't actually have a real estate business. It's like, you know, you have a friend that has a license, you have a cousin that has a license, mm-hmm. right? Uh, maybe they're cra- some people will do a real estate for the licensed for their own next for purchase. their own purchase, right? So avoid paying the commission or they'll have a friend of theirs <clears> that will credit them back because as a real estate agent, you're allowed to in, in escrow, you're allowed to credit back a principal, uh, your, some of your commission. So that you'll, some people may do that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, half the business is going there. Now the other half, you have a bunch of agents that are running around, you know, either new or a couple of years in the game and they either know or don't know what they're doing. And then you have the big dogs that this is legitimately their business, right? So throughout those different variables, it is very impacted. And then especially if you're in a city like LA, where basically every neighborhood has been hit so many different times that where you will, no matter if you prospect by door knocking, you will hear people answering the door like, ugh, Another real estate agent really like get off my, get out of my house, get out Mm -hmm. of my property or off my lawn, whatever. You get a cold call says, Hey, uh, I noticed, uh, you know, I'm calling to see if you have an interest in sale. Oh God, another real estate agent just hang up on you or, you know, tell you to fuck off. And I I've gotten it all. I've had a guy, I've I've been told to fuck off every single day. I've had a guy answer his door when I was door knocking butt naked and told me to get off his (laughs) land. And so like you see it, you hear it and the your why that carrot in front of you has to be there enough to maintain that discipline like no i don't care how many times i'm gonna get told no Mm -hmm. if i get told no a hundred times i'm gonna go for that hundred and first time Mm -hmm. so and uh really the biggest thing i would say is create and stick to a schedule 
because that's the biggest thing when you're going from being an employee, a job where you have to report nine to five somewhere mm-hmm. and you get a salary, you, you worked nine to five, you did your eight hours and at the end of the month you got your salary, right? So treat business the same way. Treat business in terms of the hours, like, hey, at nine o'clock, I'm going to start doing this. At 11 o'clock, I'm going to start doing this. If you look at my calendar, the time I'm cold calling, the time I'm door knocking, the time I'm setting, I have time set for appointments. The appointment, there's no appointment there. Like, but the, this is my block time. Like, if I get an appointment, if, a, if I'm meeting with a buyer or seller, it's only going to be here mm-hmm. because on this time, I'm doing something else. I'm prospecting for those appointments, right? I already I have open house time set on my calendar. There's no open house. There's no property mm-hmm. address there, but it's there because once I get an open house, that's the slot that it's keeping. That's interesting. So everything's built in. And then also the mental toughness because you will be putting in the work and you will get no results. Mm-hmm. You know, you could get lucky here and there and get a deal, but typically expect no results for a decent amount of time. I really like that. I really like that. Like, and this is advice that goes in anywhere in the world that one, just be a stoic person two, just work hard. That, that's all it really comes down to and boils down to. Um, I got some questions for you, by the way, I, and I didn't show you these, but <laughs> are you ready for some uh, simulated oh questions? God. Maybe. <laughs> you ready? Oh my God. I just uh, introduced this uh, to my podcast. Shout out to Sonny for giving me the great suggestion. You ready? <clears throat> all right all right, all right. We'll, start, we'll start a little light right now we'll start a little light um who's your current celebrity crush <laughs> uh national or international let's do both uh national local i mean you know the answer to my question i know the here. answer but she, give her a shout out she might hear this she might hear this who's all right your, who is your current celebrity crush all right selena gomez if you're hearing this let me buy you a drink <laughs> And who's your current celebrity crush, I guess, internationally then? Uh, I can't pronounce her name, but, and I, I it's this Turkish actress. Okay. Her name is Hande Ersel. I, I think that's how you pronounce okay. it. I'm probably butchering her name because I've always it, seen it. Uh-huh. But I, yeah, she's, she's gorgeous. A, is she an artist? She's, or she's an actress and okay. she's a Turkish actress. Okay. Well, we'll find the at later. <laughs> okay. Uh, if you were the president or the prime minister, I don't know, something. If you're the president of the U.S. or another country, what would you do? For what? What policies would you implement as president? Oh, you're going to get this show canceled. Okay. <laughs> Shoot, man. I don't know. Go for it. We'll see. Do it. All right. You can you can edit this in post if you feel like it. Um, there's one, obviously, uh, one, one topic that I am uh, getting more, I'm more passionate about these days um is that uh the child trafficking situation that's been happening mm-hmm. and that's been announced like through the movie sound of freedom you see that it's happening in america that mm-hmm. it it's happening here in la like also mm-hmm. at home so whatever i have to do to fight that and to create policies that does not allow that to happen and has the highest repercussions possible for mm-hmm. anybody caught doing that. That's what I would focus on. Interesting. Okay. And I think we were trying to touch on this earlier, but another question, what is your greatest way to network? The greatest way to network is to be of value to somebody of true value. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, finding people, 
this is the way I network. We and this is how I gotten my best clients so far. Um, we not we were door knocking me and my partner who I door knock with, mm-hmm. and they answered the door or their mother answered the door and they were looking, oh yeah, like, hey, like there's this property over there, you know, can you get me more info? Get the info, call, don't call, like doesn't pick up, doesn't pick up, drive to their house again just to give them that info, right? Mm-hmm. And then just keep following up and like giving them more info. Hey, this property over here is kind of like, by the way, we haven't received an answer yet mm-hmm. on the first property that they asked for. But hey, there's this other property that came up that is kind of similar to this one and similar price. Maybe you'll be interested in this one, right? Uh, so, just in any way, shape, or form, being a value. I have another guy that uh, is thinking about selling his house now, and he's going to go to us because you know we were we knocked on his door, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm not trying to sell my house. Do you know a pool guy? You know, I'm trying to get uh, my pool resurfaced. Yes, I have a pool guy. I don't have a pool guy." But you will find one. I'll find a pool guy. Yeah. So I found a pool guy and, you know, then got him the quotes, got him everything. Oh, do you know somebody like a good uh, painter? And mind you, this is when I first started, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a good like painter? And I was like, yeah, absolutely. I'll get you in touch. I don't have a painter. Um, <laughs> find a painter. Yeah. So with the, when you're, especially when you're first starting out and somebody asks you, hey, do you have this? Can you do this? The answer is yes. Mm-hmm. Right. Can you meet me here? Can you do that? The answer is yes. You say yes and you figure out how later. I think that's the biggest advice I got from, I think, my dad, all the uncles and stuff like that. Yeah. You figure it out. Yeah. Just say yes so you get your foot in the door and then you figure it out. Yeah. And everything. You just figure it out. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, My TV isn't My AC isn't working. This isn't working. I'll figure it out. And this goes back to the stoicism and how you view things, right? Mm -hmm. So now, if you're moving forward and you have new problems, if you have new problems that you're dealing with, good, because that means you're moving forward. You're doing something, right? And so now instead of saying, oh, I have to find this guy, a pool guy. No, you get to find him a pool guy. Mm-hmm. You get to have an opportunity to build a relationship yeah. with him. You brought value to this individual. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, I, was, I forgot what I was going to say. This is actually really good. Uh, this, this last conversation was really good. Um, but I do want to say... I should now remember. I do. I do want to say a large part of why, why I do this podcast. I, I think I said this last time, many, many times. Is my whole goal is actually just to network people. Like I want to be like the, the social plug. If you know, if I know someone, I will happily introduce you to that person. Absolutely. Like, and if you know someone, or if you're looking so, for someone, honestly looking for someone, I know literally any person in any industry in any field. Like, I will find that. You're person. the guy. I'm the guy. The social plug, simulated network is there for a reason. Like I know everyone, everyone. And it happened. You've seen it happen in person. Shit just happens. I figure it out. Sometimes I'm just like, oh, I have no idea what I'm doing. But so to keep keep walking. You either you just keep walking. But you know, then you know people that would know the answer. Yeah, yeah. Because if you can think, there's been plenty of times where I've said yes to something, <laughs> and I have no idea how the hell I'm gonna do it. But I know somebody that does. So I say yes, and then as soon as I leave, I quickly get on the phone with the person. Like, hey, how do I do this? Mm-hmm. You figure it out. Exactly. <laughs> Um, no, that's great, dude. That, that conversation threw me off for a second, but in, in a positive light. But um, final thoughts, uh, anything that you want to say? This is an open forum for Mr. Bars Cholera. <laughs> Do you want to say anything to the audience or to me? No, I want to thank you very much for letting me be on the show, letting me share some thoughts, um, how I feel, uh, bringing you know, myself attention, letting people know that I'm in real estate, I can help them in LA, I can help them in Dubai, I can help them anywhere in the world, really. Um, and, uh, 
so that's a great value to me which i appreciate and uh that's that's basically it yeah and shout out to parish Colorado. he also has his own po- uh, podcast follow him on spotify oh yeah that. and all the other socials <laughs> he's not just a real estate agent this guy's a marketing degree he's a sharp guy if you also need like a diamond ring this guy's a jeweler as well licensed from gia which or is it gia just gia, yeah. GIA which is the gem institute of america yep. so you need a car plug, you need a jewelry plug, you need a real estate plug. I got you. This is the guy. I've this done is I'm a the jack guy. of many trades. <laughs> jack of many of trades. Maybe one. Many. Master of many. But that's actually a rather good thing that they say if you listen to the whole quote. So again, thank you for <laughs> listening. Thank you for watching. This is Simulated Podcast. See you next time. Peace. Take care. That was a good boy. That was good. We out. Oh, good shit. <laughs>